Okay, I, I guess I should just hit the music, right? Yes? No? Yes? Uh, yep. Sounds <laughs> good. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, here we go. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a sip of whatever is in this cup. Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the anarchist jurisdiction of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. I did not write that. Someone else did. We're the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains and transit, adventures and life hacks, and today... You got us! I'm here! Today? <laughs> yeah! Wait, who's us? Us would be... Armando's here. Mr. Armando Luna. <sighs> Thank you. Guthrie! Straw! back Aaron yeah. that's right we this is your starting a, lineup a... for the Detroit Pistons bad boys back to back 1989 Piston Championship wow that's... it is going back <laughs> that's, I dig that's it. like my only memory of any real sports thing hey that that was a good year I'm only a little bit biased but <laughs> That was good. That was a good year. Uh, I'll let folks read between the lines on that one. Uh, that's right. We've got another shoot the shit episode. Yes. Lucky us. And uh, we're going to talk about some things today. Probably mention the words bikes and bicycling and bicycle somewhere in there. Um, but first, to, to start us off, just because I don't want to go first, Armando. <laughs> How was how was your week? I don't even remember. I mean, today was really busy, and so I, I'm like blanking out on what even happened last week. Oh, my daughter went to school. She's uh, now a freshman at Oregon State University, so that was pretty exciting. On campus now, right? On she's on campus in the halls. None of her classes are in person; they're all through the computer remotely. Mm. She's living in the halls. It was actually pretty neat. They, you know, they went down. They tested every single person before they got to go into the halls before they got to move in. So that was good. And they're also doing the uh, the testing where they test the sewage that comes out of the building. So if have you guys heard of that? No. What? There's a there's a COVID test where they actually test the wastewater leaving the building, and they can tell if there's COVID in the water. Then they immediately lock down that building and test everybody again. Whoa. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, a few of the colleges are doing that. I, um, that's a much happier, like wastewater slash water story than I was thinking of when you originally said that I was just reading about <laughs> brain eating amoebas in a municipality in Texas. Oh, and wow. I got really scared until you issued the second part of that statement. I don't know uh, if they're testing for that, though. 
Oh, well, I, I don't think it's an issue in Eugene. <laughs> I, I hope it's, <laughs> I hope it's not. Um, that would, that would be pretty bummer. Um, interesting. Yeah, that's pretty, that's a pretty neat way to do that. Um, have you been, have you been biking around? I, so, you know, for our listeners abroad, I am not in Portland right now. I am in Joseph, Oregon, um, at least until Thursday when I'll be biking back to the city and the air quality here was very bad and now it's incredibly good. Um, it sounds like there's, you know, been a fair bit going on in Portland. How, how's it doing right now for you folks? Right. Um, we're, we're fine now. Uh, it was a little concerning for a little while, but, um, all this week it's been pretty good. I want to say last week, Thursday, I think was when it finally like broke down to where it was in normal levels as opposed to unhealthy or hazardous. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it got cleared out. It, you, folk, you got the rain. <clears throat> yeah. I'm it, it took like one good rain and then a little bit of wind. Um, man, it, it hung on for a long time, though. It was like a week and a half, I want to say. Yeah. Where yeah. It just it wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> it just kind of stuck around. Yeah. I know it, uh, you know, we had a little fire over here and, um, I, I don't know if it, it didn't sound like it affected too much. It was more of a fire where there weren't a ton of people because there's a bit of a sparser population base. Uh, but there was a couple days it got up into the two hundreds, maybe three hundreds around there. Um, and by day like six of that, I was like, oh, all right, the heck with this, uh, I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> so yeah. I went outside <laughs> And I ran around the block and then I went inside and I had a headache for three hours. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I decided just to wait. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, you, know, you get cooped up, you get cramped. You can't even, can't even ride a bike outside. You can't do, can't do anything really. Well, I guess you can stay inside, but that's been, um, far too much of my time this spring <laughs> somehow. The spring slash summer slash early autumn now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have the uh, rest right. mask? I'm just going to embrace all the all the isms of what's going on right now for most folks. Do you have one of those respirator masks? I just got one finally. Uh, I used to have one, so uh, I actually had a N95 left over from when we had the Eagle Creek fire back in 2017, and I wore the same uh, N95 for three months until it finally started to wear out. And uh, I put it through the washer once and realized that was not a great idea, but oh. I kind of like salvaged it. And then, um, you know, the, I can't remember, there's like a, there's like a dermatological term for it, but I actually started getting like acne right around oh, yeah, exactly where the mask was at. Yeah. Contact. <laughs> I was like, well, I can't wash it again. So I, I no longer had a, I no longer had a, a filtration method. So went, went back to a, a cloth mask from, um, was it Reload Bags, I think, out of Philadelphia? Oh, are they selling masks? I didn't know they were selling masks. They are. Well, they're selling, yeah, Reload Bags. They're selling bags, and um, I got I got hot on their masks. I couldn't, I didn't really have it in the budget to buy a bag, but I bought a mask. So I was wearing that for a bit until I lost it, and now I have something. I'm just, it's a thing. <laughs> 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 My evolution. 
but no, the other, other than the N95, I, I have no protection against smoke. I guess that was the answer to your question. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, biking over here though last month because i got over sort of just before the fire started and it was incredibly hot but it was not smoky i think if it had been hot and smoky i, I just would have had to oh yeah. identify other means of travel basically so i'm thankful that that did not happen uh, and you, you, your family is where you are right don't you have family there mm-hmm. yeah okay. um my dad, my mom, and my sister actually just moved back to the county. We call it the county, uh, Wallowa okay. County. Uh, just moved back as well and uh, recently got a position uh, in Enterprise. So cool. uh, she is, yeah, she's she's back in town. <laughs> so it, it, we, we were joking earlier, um, you know, it, it only took a global pandemic to get us all <laughs> in the same place again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been good. Um, I, this week, I don't know. I've actually been doing a lot of web development this week, which is not super exciting, but just trying to get some stuff in line. Um, if, if folks need a mental image, uh, of where I'm at right now, picture, if you look outside the window, you see mountains with a little bit of snow on the cap right now, as of yesterday, nice. stretching up to about 7,000 feet. Um, right next to a, uh, yeah, Eagle Cap Wilderness, which is one of the highest mountain ranges in Oregon. And then on the north side, we have these plains with a bunch of bunch and, um, I can't remember the exact type, but prairie grass, some of the last remaining sort of like prairie or grasslands that, uh, are of a, of an undisturbed style, if you will, before, um, a lot of grazing came in and, and sort of had its own effect on that ecosystem. And then if you go to the east, you go down into the Canyonlands and get down to the Snake River, which is um, border with Idaho and Washington, but also uh, basically the, the drainage of all of the like eastern Pacific Northwest, I'd say. So I uh, spent a little time, a little bit of time down there. And my goal was to spend more time outside. I think I've spent some time outside, but I've also, you know, with the smoke and stuff, it's been like, Hmm, I'm going to like sit in the house and read for seven <laughs> hours kind of deal yeah. sometimes. So uh, not that I don't like reading, but I, it's, it's nice to be able to do a bit of both, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the Joseph then, Oregon web cam so I can see your, the snow on your mountain. Oh, yep. Yeah, Joseph. Uh, there's Wallawa Lake, which is pretty popular for recreation. They have their own um, webcam. Oh, we do? I have no idea. Yeah, Joseph. Was, uh, Joseph. Oh, nice. Yeah, basically just taking opportunities for walks. And um, it's very clean, clear water here. So I tend to kind of just wear shorts under my pants and then take any opportunity to jump in. Nice. Uh, because uh, I do it in the Willamette River as well, but the Willamette River is a little bit different on a water quality index. Um, so you, you got to get it while the getting's good sometimes. That's my story. <laughs> how's, the, how's the water temperature? Has it, has it cooled off significantly? So Willow Lake is pretty cold all year round. It's okay. less cold in the summer if the sun is out. It's probably like mid forties. Um, 
Oddly enough, some of the lakes that are up in the Eagle Cap Range are actually quite a bit warmer, which really surprised me because I was expecting them to be cold. Um, but they're actually ridiculously warm for like the first couple feet. Um, so yeah, like rivers, lakes, um, that type of deal. It, I, I'm pretty good down to about freezing water. So, uh, if you know, get, yeah. get over that initial, like, <laughs> uh, feeling yeah. and, um, the closest I ever came to actually like freezing up and drowning in a body of water was when the sprocket visited crater. Lake. I was not expecting <laughs> oh, it no. to be that cold. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I thought, well, I like was cold. And then I jumped in crater Lake and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can breathe. <laughs> oh yeah. You explained so, uh, to me while we were at crater Lake, like there's a certain mechanism in your body that essentially like forgets to breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently I need to like validate this scientifically. So I think somebody told me that crater Lake is actually like below freezing, which in my brain, that doesn't I don't, compute. Like I can, like it, it does and doesn't compute. Like I, I will repeat it on the show, but it's not me saying that I believe that that is to be true. I would say it was really <laughs> freaking cold. So like, yeah, I could, uh, on a very personal anecdotal level, um, I don't think they're far off, but, um, yeah, no, I jumped in. I saw my rule for jumping into things is, uh, watch other people do it a few times first. And so had jumped in, uh, this like 15 foot ledge and, I plunged under and uh, I was like, hmm, I don't remember how to move my body or breathe right now. Ooh. So uh, I've actually been, that's that's part of why I'm jumping in so much water over here. And especially like Willow Lake, when I, whenever I get a chance to, is I am trying to like rebuild a tolerance that I think I once had, uh, but have lost a little bit of being on the west side of the coast uh, or west side of the state um, mm-hmm. as the, the water is a Still super cold in many places, but a little bit warmer on average. Living in Portland has made you soft? Um, no, nah, in its own way. That was supposed yeah, to be a, a tongue-in-cheek question. <laughs> <It wasn't. laughs> oh, I mean, it's not... Um, I mean, living in Portland has made me more acclimated to Portland. <laughs> may, might be the way I'd say that. Right. Um, which is a de-acclimation from other places, perhaps. Uh, the Willamette still runs really cold. Um, it's always kind of sad to see, unfortunate to see in the newspaper. Um, I, I don't think it happened this year, and I was happy to see that. But usually we have, you know, one or two stories that run in the locals about a cold water drowning death when it gets to be about April or May. And I didn't see one for Portland this year, which made me happy. Uh, it's not to say our rivers aren't cold. There are just colder rivers elsewhere. Uh so, you know, caveat and tour. But I think when we have those deaths, they tend to involve other things. Yes. Sometimes <clears throat> alcohol is a component um, and, and that kind of deal. But yeah, water, water, scary. Be, be safe. Be careful. <laughs> That's why with the bike rafting stuff, I'm like super, super paranoid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Do no, you still you, have the raft? Like, do you go out? Do you go out rafting? Are you, yeah, have you uh, been able to go I out? I took it out on the Snake River earlier this week. Um, me and my dad went down to a spot called Doug Bar and camped for a couple of days. And I took it up and 
went uh, actually paddled upstream to the first rapid, um, which is like a class two, and you could kind of catch an eddy up to the beginning of the rapid, and then and then kind of like paddle into it. Um, but the funnest part was actually on the paddle up. Um, we saw, or I guess I saw a uh, family of four river otters, and then I also saw a sturgeon that breached. And um, at first I thought it was a porpoise because it was just like freaking huge. And I was like, no, wait, because like I've, I've been to the to the <laughs> dam in the gorge and seen the fish tanks like that. That's a sturgeon. Um, so, you know, you got your dinosaurs in the water out here and that kind of jazz. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was very nice. It's pretty warm down there. Um, there's there's probably a 20 to 25 degree difference between where I'm at right now and the bottom of the canyon. Wow. Yeah. Ask me all your That's... questions. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I what I know. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't know, I, I will tell you I don't know. <laughs> um, for that, which I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> well, so you still have your raft with you then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the uh, it's uh you know it's like a f- pack it up and um I've got that Ortlieb ha- makes that duffel bag that goes kind of on your back rack over the top of the rack and your and it hooks into your uh, rear panniers so that's what carries the raft. Okay. Uh, do you um, intend to do any yeah. rafting on your way back? Maybe. Um, the one place I think I would potentially experiment with that would be the Saniam river. Um, but I need, I don't know. I'm pretty conflicted because, um, as, as folks may know, uh, much of that area just experienced the wildfires, uh, uh, which yeah. led to a lot of the smoke that we've been experiencing in Portland and around the, the country. And, uh, that's a spot where living in Salem for a part of my life, like when I, needed to get out of Dodge, I would go spend time in the woods there. So I'll be biking back along the Saniam Pass, and it's going to be very different from the last time that I went there, visually speaking. Um, so I'm guessing I probably won't, uh, just because my main concern is um, dead trees or, or fire debris that's being washed out in the river right now. So I don't think it'll necessarily be super safe to do that for okay. until maybe springtime comes around. And, and like I said, like if, if I had a, if I had like a raft buddy who was all quarantined up with me and um, was knowledgeable of swift water rescue and you know, all these types of things, um, I'd be like, yeah, let's we could maybe push that envelope a little bit. But um, the the number one rule of thumb I typically try to use when with the raft or on bike tour in general is to not end up in the newspaper. So I I, <laughs> yeah. I try to make my decisions in a way that um, results in, in that not happening basically, <laughs> which sometimes means you, you have a raft that you carry all the way across the state and you don't put in the water, but um, <laughs> you know, the rip, the river will be there. I can always go back. <laughs> Is that the way you rode out there? Did you go out that way? Um, no, I went <laughs> over um, highway 26 over Mount okay. Hood and then went from there through Warm Springs over to Prineville, over the and through the Ochico National Forest, and then I took a northward turn towards John Day, and then took Highway 395 and crossed over from Ukiah to Lagrand, 
Uh, and then the Grand's about a day's ride from where I'm at right now. When I went down to uh, Corvallis on Saturday, the Highway 22 was still closed to, um, I mm. guess, through traffic, I'll say. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's, that's also, that's also a thing. Um, the reason I'm, yeah, we'll see. The reason I'm biking to maybe go over the Sandy impasse is, um, I have a couple of friends who just, um, got a job in sisters and they have a pickup truck. So the, the plan is because I don't really want to ride in the gorge on I five or I 84 very much. Um, I'm going to go be sort of social distance with them. And then if push comes to shove and stuff's not really looking any better in a week or so, uh, they had offered to give me a ride over the cascades, which is kind of what, what might end up being the case. So yeah, very, very nice of them. Uh, same folks I did, um, with the friend when I, when I did, I met, uh, one of them on the bike tour from Portland to San Diego back in 2013. So it's uh, just kind of a follow through on that. Oh yeah. Speaking of that, there was a, I don't know if you guys, when the fires were happening, there was a post, um, where a couple was touring and I, and I think, uh, bike Portland also had uh, amplified this. They were looking for these people cause they were going through, I think they got to Detroit oh, yeah. and, uh, they were, I think they were going from Santa Cruz to, I forgot, someplace in Canada. Um, and that's when they ended up in the fires in Detroit. And so they were trying to find out if they, they were safe or made it anywhere safe. Uh, so that was an interesting because there's another guy that was riding south. And they found out, you know, they found out he was safe. So he got a ride into Salem when the fires really mm. kicked in. Yeah, I heard Detroit was super, super sticky. Uh, some of the staff from Brighton Bush also got kind of trapped there, from my understanding. Brighton Bush, for our listeners, is a hot springs that's um, relatively developed and popular in uh, Oregon, just north of Detroit, that looked like about 90% of it did not survive the fire. Uh, so they're kind of into the rebuilding slash evaluation stage right now. Yeah. Fire sucks. Climate change sucks. Yeah. It's, it's becoming like in maybe the worst of ways, it feels really normal right now. (laughs) Uh, But I don't like saying that for the record. It just is maybe an expression of how it feels. (laughs) I used to say this like more in reference um, socially (laughs) that like normal the the term normal is a contradiction or or um yeah is sort of self contradictory uh i didn't realize how true it would be uh when it comes to say just our environment or uh i don't know just what we're living in this year seems like uh there really isn't a normal and the normal that we're kind of looking to quote unquote, go back to wasn't really all that normal to begin with. You know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the systems have sort of been uh, stripped of their veneer (laughs) is maybe, Hmm. maybe one way of putting it. Um, The COVID crisis has showed how our healthcare system is sorely inadequate to take care of people. 
um, the the uh, Black Lives Matter movement has shown how sorely inadequate our justice system is, and you know some might argue like that's that's by design. I I don't disagree. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and these these latest spate of fires, which let's be honest, like there's been fires like every year for the past as long as I've been living on the West coast, you know, there's been wildfires, um, Mm. you know, being out of control anyways, just sort of, uh, highlights the lack of attention that, uh, the, our environmental impact has been given over the years. Anyways, Mm. all that to say, like normal is overrated and never really was to begin with, never really existed to begin with. Yeah. Well, and I feel like there's a distinction between the word normal and the word familiar. Like yeah. something can be familiar, but not normal. Sure. Or like, I guess normal, normal is like, uh, hmm, what's the phrasing? Uh, kind of like a subjective word in a sense. Yeah. Uh, where oh, familiar is totally. like, just are just familiar is like, ah, oh, this is, this is what I know. And like, now it's different. Yep. And like with the fire stuff, um, I felt like after the Eagle Creek fire, that's where like I had to do most of my emotional, like reckoning with like places that I knew no longer being places that I knew in the same way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been pretty interesting. And, you know, especially for getting outside and for cycling, like, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to do the same trip a week after I, I, uh, oh, after I, I did it, it, it would have been a whole different it. world, you know? Yeah. If you had waited a week to, to take off, I don't know if you'd be able to go. Yeah. I'd probably be either exactly where I was at, like coughing up for a hotel every night or something like that. Or like what I, I did for this trip, um, there's like large expanses where I was out of cell phone signal and um, I, I finally decided to bite the bullet and get a GPS locator beacon um, so that like people would, I don't know. It's, I go back and forth. Like I kind of liked it better without the beacon, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think it will probably save my bacon at some point in the future, but uh I'm not even trying to be like retro grouch with the bike touring thing, but I just really like being like, Hey, I'll show up when I show up. Sure. Sure. <laughs> like, and maybe it's like super callous on my part, but for the amount of assistance that somebody can give with that type of deal, if it's like a vehicle accident or something like it's going to make no difference if somebody like, if you're hurt bad enough, you're not going to be able to hit the button. And if, and if you're hurt mildly, like chances are you're going to get help from some other source before somebody could come get you, at least in like what I would consider is the front country bike touring, uh, fashion of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, back country, I think it's a little bit different, but, um, that's, I was that's gonna, not what I was doing. I was going to ask like, how deep were you in the, in the wilderness? <laughs> so you, you would consider it mostly front country. Yeah. Front country, just, I use the, I like to use the definition of within one hour of definitive care. If one is to, if one's to have a a accident or an injury that requires um, medical attention, 
So I was definitely within front country. Um, there were times where there's a little bit of gray zone in that. So for example, I was, I would oftentimes uh, be biking parallel to national forest lands and I would bike like seven miles up to a campsite or something like that. Um, and in that context, technically if somebody knew where I was, they could drive there and they could take me to definitive care within an hour yet every now and then it's the situation where maybe nobody drives that road for a week or a day or two or something like that. You know? So if it, if it came down to that type of deal, um, I think it's nice to have, I think it's, I don't know. I'm still, it's the first trip I've done it. I, I, what I'm doing these days is, um, there's very few things that I'm just like, yeah, I love this. This is the best thing ever (laughs) within like the context of me, being exposed to it for short amounts of time. I think overall, as I um, come to try to get in touch with like what I like and what I don't like about um, technology and uh, just like the tools that one brings or or doesn't bring. um, I hesitate to make like a, like a evaluative judgment anything in anything less than like the six month to one year time span, because I simply just haven't been exposed to it enough to feel like I haven't a, a good solid uh, understanding of its pros and cons. So I'd say like about the, about the GPS beacon stuff, like ask me in a year how I feel about it. Sure. But right now I feel a little bit ambivalent. <laughs> Is it the kind that tracks you all the time or just only tracks you when you push the button? Um, it's both. I, I, I'm not doing adventure racing, so I don't need that. Like you can, you can set the interval so you can have it track you. Uh, you can have it track you at five minutes up to one hour intervals. Um, you know, with that interval tracking, I think it's like an add on subscription or some BS like that. Um, but basically I just, I press the button that says like, I'm okay. Uh, I found a spot to like sleep for tonight. Um, and then it's got like two other buttons. Um, and that's something too. So, Sprocket listeners, if you use a GPS location navigating device and it has different options for notification, um, I have been super curious what type of um, agreements that you like use or that people have with their parties that are being notified. Um, Cause I think that's a big thing or a big part of my ambivalence towards it as a technology is um with those buttons, right? What do you, what do you have that second and third button do? And I think that that maybe is a big part of the experience. Uh, so right now I have one button that says I'm great. I have one button that says, uh, I'm sort of like in not a terrible spot, but I'm not able to continue my trip. Like this is a button that says here is where I will be until somebody comes in, like picks me up or calls somebody to pick me up. So I'm like staying put here. And then the third button is like warning, warning, like SOS type deal. And that just goes straight to the emergency responders. Um, But I'm really curious because I, I, uh, I don't have the ability to, to edit the messages on the fly. And I'm trying to think of like a good system that strikes a compromise between letting the people that I love and care about kind of know what's up, but not also feeling like, I guess because the whole point of why I do this thing is to not be beholden to that technology. Um, it, what's and, and like, what's that balance? Uh, so if you use a, if you use a locator beacon or something like that, like what, 
what's your sweet spot on compromise between maybe those two factors or, or what factors are important to you? Um, I'm just going to put that question out to our listeners. And it could be theoretical too. If you had three buttons, what would they say? <laughs> <laughs> One could be like, uh, party time. Like I'm just dancing at my campsite right now. Like bring me some food, <laughs> right? Yeah. Bring me some <laughs> beer. That's what I was thinking. Like I'll have an SOS, but all of them would be like, bring pizza. Yeah, that would be good. No, that's, I, I like that. I might use that for my third button. Like, hey, I'm out of cell signal, but I need you to order delivery. Exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, I just haven't been getting creative enough. That's my problem. <laughs> you know, I'll drink to that. You know where else one can go to drink to whatever they want to drink to? Why? They can go to the Beermongers on Southeast Division and 12th. That they can, where there's a stick on the ceiling and a patio out front, and you can go in and order beer to go. To go. And, and like, it's not in a to-go cup. It's, like, you know, a can or a bottle. That's true. They will offer to give you a, uh, a, a what's it called, the, the ring pack or the... Oh, those, yeah. those plastic Carrier. things that hold yeah. your beer together. Yeah. I don't know. The pull tabs, the, I, I'm not, <laughs> I, I give up actually. I'm not going to attempt that. It's far above my skill level right now. I was over um, there. I want to say Saturday, Friday or Saturday. What is time anyway? Uh, and it's a construct was looking for a sour for my special lady. And, ran into Sean there and he suggested a really nice I can't remember who makes it now shoot um it's a sour that's aged in gin barrels Ooh. yeah it apparently was really good so one thank you for the recommendation Sean two cock and bull is now in cans my second favorite ginger beer now comes in cans and it's delicious. Did you uh, did you snag a snag a can? A couple of them. Um, How was it compared uh, they, to the bottle? They didn't last the weekend. It's a good endorsement. <laughs> did you get a uh, i bicycle track PDX sticker as well? Yes, I I gave it to uh, one of my friends who uh, we recently got her a, a new bike. And she didn't quite understand what the uh, <laughs> what the little bike with that's falling in the tracks was. And I was like, have you biked near the, near the streetcar tracks yet? She was no. And I was like, well, you, if you ever do, you'll know what that means. <laughs> yeah. They you either, at, you, they have those at beer mongers. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There was a uh, community member. I've seen their. They've printed them before in the past. I think the last run they did was like 2018 or something. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a anonymous community member uh, printed up a lot of them, and one of the drop locations they dropped a, a fair number by the beer mongers. So if you would like oh, okay. a i i track PDX, um, I, I train track PDX sticker. I don't know if they're still in stock or not, uh, but but they were dropped there by um, just a member of the community for folks to go and grab. And a nice way to stimulate a little bit of conversation and maybe a beer purchase or two for the beer mongers as well. I'm out here and I saw the, they had posted online about it 
And uh, they'd ask that people take just like one to two stickers. And I was like, oh, dang, because like I'm part of the three time <laughs> club here, folks. You should uh, stupid train tracks. <laughs> just print out that center symbol, like get, make your own stickers of that center symbol for as many times as you've fallen in that track and then put, you know, like one, two, three along oh, your top two. Okay. It's like those car bumper stickers where they have a uh, pictograph for each of their like family members, except right. yours is one for each time that you have biffed it on the railroad tracks. Exactly. Gosh. All right. I could, I could get behind that. <laughs> I'm going to do, if I, if I stick around town, I'm going to need a really long sticker after not too long. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you got caught in the train tracks, Armando? I have not ever. I'm looking for some wood to knock on. <laughs> it's okay. I was I was representing for the crew tonight. <laughs> I'll take I'll take one for the team twice. Right there we go. <laughs> uh, last summer, when my niece was visiting, we were riding, and we went um, over by Lloyd Center, where they have those tracks that kind of just go to nowhere. Oh, right. And mm-hmm. she had a pretty wide tire mountain bike. But I was, you know, just to be um proactive, I was like, "Yeah, don't don't ride through those." And she's like, "Okay." And then I immediately on my Brompton ride through them. And I did it in such a way that I didn't get caught. But but Anna was with us and she's like, "Now how are you going to get back?" <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now I'm scared. Mm. I thought about it too much. Yeah. yeah it's the uh, 7th and Lloyd. N- 9th and Lloyd? I think it's like 9th. 9th? Yeah, I want to say, yeah, 9th and, and Holiday, actually. Holiday yeah, is yeah the, that's right. Holiday is the max, max run. Uh, that, that spot uh, is the spot I like to use as an example for where one should always take the lane. Yeah. Even if it no, means not riding in the bike lane. That's perfect, yeah. Because otherwise you will eat tracks. <laughs> I have fortunately not eaten tracks at that spot, but I've eaten I've eaten tracks close by. <laughs> yeah, mine have always um, been on the south waterfront. Oh, okay. Twice. Yeah. Last time I went down was on MLK, and it was kind of scary because oh. there's a lot of traffic. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self: Don't take shortcuts in the rain during rush hour on MLK. <laughs> doesn't work out uh yep okay it looks like the person that prints up the stickers just printed them up and left them at beer mongers like five days ago Mm -hmm. so yeah that was a tip off from one of our uh former guests and also uh spark listeners i i think he's okay with us saying his name probably steven thank you so much for for letting us know. I'm sure he is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> I'll speak well, for we've him. said it anyway. Okay. <laughs> yep. Got a got a text text notification. Um, <laughs> speaking of stickers, we have had some other stickers in our studio oh, yeah. this week. Um would you like to describe I got them, an Aaron? envelope here of stickers. And so if I use the term steal your face. Does that mean anything to you? No, no. Deadheads would know this. I'm not necessarily a deadhead, but I know the terminology. So it's it's the Grateful Dead's logo. I'm going to put it over my camera here. 
And I don't know. Um, so I don't know if he actually designed this, but uh, one of our listeners sent these to us, and it's the Deadhead logo, but instead of the lightning bolt, there's a bicycle right there. Um, and it's freaking It's awesome. pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not really into the dead, but I do like the design of these stickers. Big, big yeah. shout out. Big thanks to Greg Thank for you, sending Greg. stickers. Um, I personally like leapt for joy when I saw them because I do like the Grateful Dead ah, and right I will totally put those to good use. <laughs> <laughs> right on. My dad, my dad's also, it's, you know, it's like in, they say in Pulp Fiction, like that, that line about vegetarian uh nature tendency and partners and that in a in a kind of corollary uh my my father is a grateful dead fan therefore i am a grateful ah, dead fan right on uh but i think i'd probably be anyway so yeah i've i already i've already thought of like 15 spots to put that sticker so thanks greg <laughs> sweet yeah anything else we want to cover for the week armando Oh, I was just going to mention, uh, since you said Sean, I'm assuming you meant Sean Granton. No. Nope. Uh, and it's three, 3 Speed October. So 3 Speed October just started on Friday, Oh, that's I right. So uh, I I started that. I did my ride yesterday, and I actually bought a new 3 Speed today. Not a brand new one, but a new to me one. I saw it. Oh, that's it, sort of exciting. Yeah, I want to get that. Uh, and then I got some uh, tips on not cleaning it up. And yeah, so now I have some stuff to do this week. be fun. Nice. You get what a good the, old Stormy Archer hub. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a Robin Hood. <laughs> I saw that. Is that like a <laughs> was that an actual brand or is that like a custom yeah, head like, job? Oh, I, or is head... it a Raleigh? I can't remember now. I'd have to look and see. I don't yeah. know for sure. What uh, what made you decide to get another three speed versus just well, riding the one? The that one you I currently wanted? have, the frame is too small for me. Oh, okay. Uh, and I've always known that, and, and but it's hard to find. A larger framed three speed. Uh, there's not most of the ones that you find like used if you're looking at Craigslist or whatever. Uh, they're not too too big. They're just a little bit smaller. So I've been looking for one for a while, and this one was okay. Yeah, it looks pretty classy. Never ending search for uh, bikes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how many bikes is the maximum? Is there? Exactly. N plus one. <laughs> That's how many bikes you need. Yeah, I unfortunately will not be partaking in three-speed October only because I don't own a three-speed bike. Um, mm. But I have been enjoying the pictures that uh, Sean Granton has, has been posting and also drawing for th- oh, yeah. the three-speed October, which, by the way... I don't know if I understood why he, or even caught why he's starting it in September. Well, he's always if... had a bonus week for okay. Three Speed October, uh, and so I don't, I don't. I'm not really good with time right now. So <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when it started, the first thing I thought was, "Oh my gosh, it's starting already!" Right. Um, but I think he has a few days um, at the end of September and a few days at the beginning of November. Right. Okay. To give people enough time to, to complete I think that's, their rides. that's forgivable to not, not have the, the, the hard track on time right now. Right on. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if there was any special reason why he did that. I, I basically know what year it is and that's about it. 
it's cool though. I really enjoy um, following the three speed um, October or the three speed October uh, hashtag on Instagram. Well, yeah, it's funny too because he's you know Sean is pretty analog, so to keep track of it, you would think that you know you would keep track of it online somehow, but no, it's a little booklet, and you have to write in the booklet, and then you have to mail the booklet back to him, and then you also have to uh, include two at least two pictures of one with you and your bike and maybe one on one of your rides um but they have to be material so like if you take a photograph it's not a digital photograph or not a link to a photograph you actually have to print out the photo and send it in or you can draw Uh, a picture or you know draw do a drawing or some some other way so that's pretty fun are there points subtracted if it's not a film camera and are you required to develop your own film (laughs) <laughs> I don't think there are points subtracted and I don't think you have to develop your own film. I want to, oh, I wonder okay. cause he's been posting his uh, film camera stuff and I don't think he's developing his own film, but I don't know. It could just I wonder be, where he gets to develop cause he gets a pretty quick turnaround. I think. Yeah. It could just be who I'm following, but it, there seems to be sort of this analog film camera renaissance going on. Yes. It's you a uh, new camera that just came out to, meet the IMAX standard um, that's a film camera. It's like a film digital hybrid. It's kind of interesting by a company called Tribe 7 um, called the Vista Hybrid 8 Perf Vista Vision camera. Um, And if I'm like way into the weeds, stop me now (laughs) because otherwise I'm going to get way, way more into it. Uh, Yeah, that name is too long. (laughs) But it's good to see. It's good to see film. Film is still still alive. So they're basically. It's like a. There are still film cameras in the cinema sense being pioneered in 2020. And I don't know. I need something to be happy about. And fuck it. I'll take that for you right got now. It. I do feel like a grandpa trying to navigate their website, though. This is really well designed, but it's too well designed. Oh my god! These well, lines. These convex. It's got to. It's got to appeal to the to the new kids on the block, you know. <laughs> it's working. So yeah, if anybody wants to, um, you know, burn a couple hundred thousand per minute on a nice IMAX cinema camera, <laughs> you got your pick. <laughs> and they could play it at the Hollywood Theater too, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> oh, okay. I need to get out of the weeds now. <laughs> uh, what do we? What What do we have for headlines? What do we have for calendar? Let's. Do some calendar. Don't don't ever use that. Too bad, Tim. Okay, Tim. We're gonna continue to use it in perpetuitum. Um, oh yeah. Oh, that's last week's. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's so cool. Can't we just talk about it twice? <laughs> about the twenty first of September. I feel like we need to talk about it twice because there's just too much awesomeness to that date to contain within one episode of the Sprocket podcast. I see. Did, did you, uh, and, and this is partially cause I missed last week, but like I, that's just, that's a true statement on my part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you, uh, did you follow that link? Uh, yeah, it's the, it's oh. the fellow who does it every year. Yeah. 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 I, I don't even need to follow it. Yep. I don't even need to follow that link. I oh. already know what that link goes to. You're already in the know. I was not until this year, and now I feel like I've missed uh, oh, out. I went okay. all the way back and watched all the other ones. Um, oh, they're so good. <laughs> but oh. it's, 
yeah. not too late to still donate to his cause. If he breaks 50,000, uh, he will continue making these films every 21st of September. I think it's at like 400,000 right now. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. so encouraging. I checked yesterday. I didn't like, I literally did not even see the show notes for this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was on the website yesterday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like if you think I was joking about being excited about that, like occurrence every year, I was not joking. I really loved, <laughs> I love, love, love it every single year. I actually have a calendar reminder on my calendar <laughs> to go to that page and check out the video every year. <laughs> right on. Uh, it is currently at 312 thousand one hundred forty eight dollars that is so encouraging there we go uh, does that yeah. mean we get uh six more years of videos <laughs> i would say so i hope so <laughs> all right cool thanks for humoring me sure, sorry i missed sure. out last week <laughs> uh, uh for that's all the calendar yep and now for What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. Pedal just as fast as you can into the morning light. Pedal just as fast as you can into the From smartcitiesdive.com. News Ford slash NACTO urges shift from outdated speed limit planning. Ford slash 582-204. All right. The national... What's this mean in plain English? In plain English, it means that uh, the big brains in alternative transportation feel that we as a country have our minimum speed limits set too high. (gasps) And have proposed that it is lowered uh, via a series of uh, initiatives and guidelines and public awareness campaigns. Uh, It says further, the National Association of City Transportation Officials, NACTO, who we talk about on the show from time to time, last week released a guide urging local leaders to rethink how they set speed limits on city streets in a bid to prevent pedestrian deaths. The guide entitled City Limits says cities should consider setting default speed limits on many streets at once, designate slow zones in what they deem, quote, sensitive areas, and set speed limits on major corridors by using studies that take into account density and activity level. Uh, Those changes would represent a major shift from the traditional way of setting speed limits, which involves measuring 100 drivers traveling without traffic and setting the speed limit based on the 15th fastest driver, a practice known as the 85th percentile, which NACTO program manager Jenny O'Connell described in a statement as, quote, an oversimplified and outdated method. Um, What they don't mention is that is that it also kind of just has the tendency of speed limits going up over the course of time because, well, people like to drive five over. So with that, um, yeah, NACTO is kind of, kind of taking a new approach on it or not a new approach, but they're, I guess they're refocusing some attention towards that. And one of the motivating factors of that has actually been the COVID-19 pandemic in which we see a lot more people walking or using um, non-vehicle transportation because there's more, uh, short node travel basically within neighborhoods and that type of deal instead of hopping in a car and driving uh, across state or across town or that type of deal. So they um, 
have some pretty interesting research if anybody is interested in checking it out in how COVID type um, realities can help shape our cityscapes and landscapes. Um, and I think that there's a parallel with an article that, or an episode, I think it, I think at Radiolab um, led with, but basically uh, talked about how hospitals can be designed in ways that are um, kind of like barriers to the spread of infectious disease and that sort of science started back around the 1918 pandemic um, and has trickled down into the infrastructure that we see today. So I think they're, they're trying to make the argument that a similar type of um, consideration in regards to the moving, changing nature of our populations in a time of pandemic or a time of pandemics being more frequent rather than less frequent over the course of time um, as an argument for reducing the speed limit. Uh, and make a pretty compelling case, I would say. So we'll have a link to that on the uh, episode posting. Right now. They also, Thoughts, uh, in this opinions, article, they also comments. linked to a related article uh, titled U.S. Traffic Fatality Rate Surges Amid Open Season of Reckless Driving. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but... I would say it's at the very least helped making Nacto's case for itself. Yeah, I think you have a lot. This is armchair quarterbacking here. Uh, <laughs> you have a lot more people walking. And so you have yeah. a lot more exposure surface or, or such to um, people getting hit and, and hurt by high speed limits. Um, it, in, in my personal life, it's, it was really interesting driving a little bit this week with my sister who recently moved from Asheville, North Carolina, which actually just um, passed an initiative to reduce the speed limits on many of their streets by 10 miles per hour. But she was uh, saying she's like so used to 35 miles per hour. Um, And so I would be that like, hopefully not super annoying backseat driver. That's like, it's 25. Um, And it's more (laughs) like I I say so primarily because it sucks to get a ticket. Um, And secondarily, because uh, that's the speed limit. <laughs> so um, in, in the kind way, hopefully a brother is not super annoying. Um, but yeah, you know, just, just getting those overall speed limits lower. I, we've seen a lot in Portland, but it seems like an, a, an idea that continues to propagate and spread its way through um, transportation and planning circles around the United States. Right on. Well, that is our news. And I was going to talk mail, but we sort of mentioned it, but I'm hitting the sounder anyways. We got mail. Hey, we got mail. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Greg. At least least it'll make the listeners happy. (laughs) Do you have a return address on that, by the way, I do. Hey, Greg. I'm going to send you some stickers in return. How's that sound? (laughs) Right on. Cool. Uh, Yeah. You've reached the end of yet another episode. We're Guthrie and Aaron. And Armando. Armando. (laughs) I don't have the sound effects board right now, but we are cheering for you. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. (laughs) And NPR, watch out. We're coming for you. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
thank you so much, Armando, for joining us this evening. Sure. It's really nice to host an episode with you. It's always super fun. Aaron, it's lovely to see you, as always. Right on, right on. Right back at y'all. Okay. Cool. We'll s- I've, I've, we did like three hosts last week, and I've arranged the outro lines accordingly. Um, Armando, if you just read Joan's part, where it's it's demarcated with J. J? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll read yeah, B. That that would work. Okay. All right. Oh yeah. Wait, uh, I'm J. I'll do J then. Yeah. I'm Brock. I mean, if you, if you want to <laughs> read A for simplicity's sake, I'll try to read. Oh, no, that's fine. I like <laughs> oh. J. It's bold. Ah, well, not always. But Wait, change him all the way. Change him right now. Here. <laughs> 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 I don't did did that do anything? You just highlighted it. it. That was it. <laughs> oh no! <Orange. laughs> All right, I'm gonna hit it. Ooh, go. that's hard. <laughs> Good luck. The Sprocket Podcast is formally produced at X-ray FM Studios. Thank you, X-ray, for our time with you. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to the sprocket podcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Kurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson, Cameron Ling, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler, who's a time traveler, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom. <laughs> Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, she might be around. I don't know. You she, tell me. She is. Hey. Hi, Anna. <laughs> Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who is orbiting Mars? <laughs> Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regranary. Campsite, Magnus David, Nathan Poulton. Rory in Michigan. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Uh, sorry, lost my place. Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grossbeck, Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Barron. <laughs> Sean Baird. Simon Pace. Gregory Braithwaite. Ryan Morrow. Dude Luna. Hey, woohoo! That's you. I got to say both your names. What? Matthew Rooks. Coco! Coco! Marshall Paula at Funitaki Cyclecraft. Philip M. Spartan Dale. No relation. 
Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative, Kiwana. Sarah G. Adam D. Go dig a hole. Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy. Myra Martinez. Also. Isaac M. David Christensen. 503. Byron Patterson. Kirsten Graham. And our newest donor, Aaron G. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now, wash your hands. Wear your mask. And brush your teeth. And go to bed. bed. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go eat some food. Same. All right, I'm going to go drink some beer and eat cookies. Oh, lucky. Nailed it.